Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much for inviting me to come along and talk about the usage factor. Um, before I even begin to start, I'd like to pay particular tribute um, at the beginning of this presentation to Peter Shepard, who's in the audience, and Hazel Woodward, who I think is, is around. Uh, the three of us together have been working for the last um, six to eight months on actually getting the usage factor to the next stage. So, um, press the right button would be a good place to start. There we go. So, why usage-based? Why more metrics? Um, I think everybody is, uh, sometimes feels like they're drowning in metrics, so why are we doing another one? I'm going to talk a little bit about the thinking behind the usage factor today, how that compares to the impact factor, and why uh, an extra metric is going to be useful, we hope will be useful in the field. A little bit of background to the research that we've done so far, and then focusing going forward on, on what next. So first of all, I should apologize. I've had a very bad cold. So if I start to, to croak halfway through, you'll have to forgive me. So usage-based metrics. We now have pretty much all journals are online and have been online reliably for some time. And Counter, as we saw last night, is now only 10 years old. I was actually surprised that it was only 10 years old. But Counter now has a, a very well-established and well-respected position in the market. It's reliable data and data we can now use to start thinking about how to take the next step and actually measuring individual journals and their usage. We believe this is going to be a complement to uh, the impact factor. Impact factor based on citation data is obviously extremely uh, well known, very valid measure of uh, usage looking at uh, journals and comparing journals and I know that many uh, authors use the impact factor as a measure of deciding where to publish and librarians um, I'm, I'm sure you uh, you're all very familiar use the impact factor again to compare journals um, across the disciplines so it is widely used but I think everyone has to some degree or another some misgivings about using the, uh, the impact factor as the only measure uh, it is not as widely applicable across all the disciplines um, as it might be. And now that, as I mentioned, now that we have um, counter-compliant usage, we have the opportunity uh, to go further and to develop uh, a new metric. Impact factors, um, are, first of all, I would, would obviously must um, recognize are, are valid, well-used, um, difficult to defraud. They are... Um, they're metrics that are accepted by the industry right across the board. Uh, they're endorsed by funding agencies. Many funding agencies set impact factor uh, thresholds. <coughs> um, and they are simple and easy to use. Of course, one of the other major benefits is that somebody does all the work in actually collating and cre uh, creating, curating the impact factors and publishing those to the market. And in that sense, they are independent. They have no particular ax to grind. Um, they are global. Uh, Thompson ISI have spent quite a lot of time in the last few years really trying to extend journals covered uh, by the impact factor to uh, non-Western-based journals. And obviously, journals can be compared across a discipline. We now have a very deep body of knowledge of impact factors, and I don't think there is any um, uh, attempt in any way to try and replace the impact factor. 
But of course, the faults are known. Many of the uh, most US-based journals are, are covered in some way or another um, by Thompson ISI, but non-English language journals are much less well covered. Um, it is undoubtedly optimized for the hard sciences. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it is, uh, it can go up and down with particularly highly cited journals. And of course, it can be manipulated. Um, uh, Thompson ISI do work to try and take journals out of their uh, ranking if they see too much of self-citation. Um, but there are other ways that, uh, of course, editors try to game the system, some legitimately, some maybe not so le legitimate in the way that they're done. Impact factor, because it really is the only metric out there, is very uh, very overused, can be misused, um, and I think many people feel that the actual formula itself um, uh, as a two-year window can be, is flawed. Uh, we're going to talk a bit later on about uh, wanting for the usage factor to actually publish um, some kind of, uh, of, of, of metrics to see how accurate the number is. Of course, impact factor doesn't do that, but it isn't as accurate perhaps as it might be. The other thing that I think is particularly interesting with impact factors is that they are not so relevant for journals that are practitioner journals. We were just talking earlier about the medical field and particularly in nursing. Many publications like that, particularly in nursing, the content is used, well used, and extremely valuable for the audience that it's designed for. Uh, but it is not, in fact, um, particularly highly cited or, in fact, even cited that much at all. Uh, there are some areas of the social sciences. There's one particular discipline I know I, I spent some time publishing in, um, in political science, where the entire field of political theory is fairly narrow. Individual researchers are very much individual contributors. They work on their own. They work on their own theories. They frankly don't really see the point of citing anybody else's work because this is their work. Um, and so therefore, within the breadth of political science, the entire discipline falls down because uh, the, the content is not being cited. Um, and it just shows that there are some fields where impact factors and citations are not as relevant and it's not um, as straightforward to compare titles from, from title to title. The other thing that uh, is also important is impact factor is not available immediately and it's not immediately current. Impact factor is, is over a year uh, past by the time it's actually published. <coughs> Having said that, of course, impact factors will continue um, to be strong going forward. So the usage factor is intended to be very much uh, an additional metric, something else that can be compared um, as, a, as, as a different way of looking at uh, particularly some of these journals uh, that are not covered by ISI. It will be available basically for any journal where the publisher um, actually is counter compliant and is able and willing to compile the data and produce the numbers. It will be available and applicable to all disciplines. There is no need to focus on just a specific number of disciplines Again, any publisher who is prepared to produce um, usage factors uh, can produce usage factors across all of their titles. It will much better reflect these practitioner journals where the usage of the content is really the whole key behind the publication um, itself. 
<coughs> and of course it will be um, available immediately. Usage factors will be able to be uh, analyzed for the immediate um, past period and will be able to be published straight away. Um, what we're hoping is that the usage factor and the, certainly the feedback we've had from the early stages of the usage factor project is that it will be seen as a complement uh, to the impact factor. So who's going to benefit from, from this? Authors definitely in these uh, practitioner-oriented fields, um, such as nursing, political theory even, where content is, the usage of the content is, is probably a more meaningful measure of the value or the quality of that content. Um, publishers will be able to choose across all of their journals and will be able to create usage factors for all of their titles. And librarians will now have a different metric to weigh against, um, against the impact factor. Uh, we also believe that research funding agencies will uh, similarly be able to look at different fields and be able to then compare usage factors and impact factors side by side. <coughs> so what are we aiming to do in the project? The overall aim is to see if we can actually create a number, a statistically significant number, that will be able to measure and compare journals from journal to journal. We had some very specific questions we wanted to answer in the last phase of the project. Can we create a st statistically meaningful number? Is it possible for that number to be robust enough and measurable enough? Will it be an accepted number by the field? Will researchers, publishers, librarians actually accept this? Interesting, I, I presented at a small meeting in Washington last week and the academic panel there were fairly negative, I have to say, about uh, the idea of usage factors. Um, having said that, they were all in uh, basic sciences and physics where impact factors are really all that they need to know. Um, so I, I think it, depending on the field you look at, I think usage factor will be more or less um, interesting for the actual academic field itself. Can we make this number trusted? Can we make it reliable enough? Can we actually demonstrate to the field uh, that gaming of this system can be identified and can be uh, pulled out of the numbers? <coughs> and can we set up an infrastructure to publish these numbers in a way that allows people to use them systematically? The project has been going for some time now, since 2007, um, and uh, it's carried out a number of stages. The first stage of market research um, continued through 2008. Two th stage two was detailed analysis, which went through 2011, and we are just at the beginning of stage three. So stage one was really trying to understand whether this metric was going to be acceptable in the audience. Um, we talked to a wide range of um, authors, editors, librarians, publishers, um, surveying at different levels. And the general feel, feel from the market there was that, yes, this is something that would be of interest. Stage two was detailed analysis. And I think John Cox is here. He did a, a, a certain amount of, of the work on stage two. Uh, this was led, uh, I think Richard Getty is also here, uh, was led by him, uh, by Peter and by Hazel, and many members of UKSG were involved in uh, this stage of the project. Uh, 
Cyber uh, then took uh, a lot of data from uh, these participating publishers, ACS, Emerald, again, looking at different subject areas so that we could see how uh, relevant these numbers were going to be. So, the data itself, we looked across 326 journals, and we again picked out some of these disciplines, business and management, clinical medicine, where we felt that the usage factor would be of particular interest. Uh, the deep log analysis was uh, um, were taken from over 150,000 articles, um, and Cyber was able to calculate um, the usage factor in, under a number of different ways of doing things, and then comparing uh, statistics across uh, a number of different areas. The Cyber Report is available um, on the Counter website, and if you're interested in understanding how the metric work, I metric works, I would certainly recommend you go and look at the detailed cyber report. Uh, but I'm just going to summarize for you here um, some of the, uh, the ways that the, the metric, the usage factor itself, is now envisaged to work. I think this first point is probably the most important uh, finding that came out of this stage two of the project. To make this a really robust and trusted number, the usage factor is going to be the median of usage over a two-year period. And the reason why the median is used is the arithmetic mean is um, able to be skewed very much more by both low-use low articles and particularly high-use articles. And so the median is much, much less likely to be impacted by gaming in any way. Um, it's a very, very uh, significant finding, and I think it's one that um, is going to make this a much more usable number uh, than might have been if we'd taken a simple arithmetic mean. The second point I think is also interesting is that we are able to look at usage factors um, across a number of different ways of analyzing and dicing and slicing an individual journal. Just how many usage factors there will be for each title, I think, is something that we'll need to investigate as we go through the next part of the project. Uh, but at the very least, we envisage one usage factor for the entire title but also then to be able to pull out uh, perhaps news, perhaps the review articles, the core research articles, and have, uh, be able to look at the usage factor of each of those different elements to see how they contribute to the usage factor of the whole. The um, usage factor is going to be a single number. It's going to be a large enough number that uh, no decimal place will be needed. Um, and monthly patterns, as we have been able to see, are quite volatile. So there will be one single number that will be a number across um, an entire two-year period. We do want to publish confidence levels. It's um, interesting that looking at uh, the impact factor, uh, again, as, as the, uh, the article there has been able to look at, there are statistical significance factors within the usage, uh, the impact factor and we actually want to publish the usage factor confidence levels so that people can understand just how they relate from title to title. And one thing that's um, uh, 
I think coming on to on a later slide is that, that very small numbers um, we consider are not statistically significant enough, so very small journals will not be included. We looked at a wide range of different time periods. And this is something that, again, for uh, different disciplines, the usage of content over a different time period varies enormously. In the hard sciences, there is an enormous uh, spike in the first six months. For social sciences, the, the spike tends to be much longer. But despite that, across a wide range of disciplines that we looked at, 24 months is the, the, the window that captures the most usage, the most statistically significant usage across all disciplines. We'd like to test over the next uh, few months whether or not it's worth looking at 12 months, 6 months, and whether that tells us anything more specifically about different disciplines. But to start with, we're going to look at a 12-month window. What's interesting here is where do you start the 12 months? So as we've gone through this process, we start with a, a, a proposition, 24 months. And then you start to dig into the details. So when does 24 months start? For a journal where the articles are posted as accepted manuscripts, unedited, and they go straight online, does the clock start then? Or does the clock start when an online first article goes online? Or does the clock start when the article then goes into the issue? And does it matter? And I think that last question is something that we want to answer through the next phase of the project. Does it matter? Does, uh, do we let publishers decide when the clock starts? There will always be a strict 24 months, so that's something that can't be varied. But does it matter whether the publisher decides for a particular title when their 20 months 24 months starts for each individual qualifying article. Um, as it mentions here, we don't intend to go any further than uh, 24 months, and um, we are going to look perhaps at a 12-month window at some point um, as, as we go through the project. The usage factors are clearly not comparable between different disciplines. Different disciplines work very, very differently. And therefore, we do uh, believe that we, it is appropriate to collate usage factors and compare them discipline by discipline. Um, and um, uh, I, I mentioned again that we uh, are looking at this two-year window. Um, I think the other thing that is inevitably going to happen is that publishers will compare titles across, or librarians will want to compare titles from perhaps different publishers across similar disciplines. Um, and therefore, we believe it's important that there is a central place where the different usage factors are compared and ranked um, so that there can be some some certainty within the market that if you're using a, a ranked list of titles, um, that those have been validated in some way. Um, and in this case, we believe by counter, it's much more appropriate that those titles are pulled together, compared and published. As I mentioned earlier, we also feel that small titles, um, titles with less than 100 downloads, 
um, they're not really suitable candidates. The numbers that come out of them are not reliable enough. They're not really clearly comparable or statistically significant. And therefore, small titles with, with low downloads uh, will be excluded from the calculation. It's going to be very important as we go through this project and we start to uh, perhaps publish ranked list of titles that we are very, very clear in all our communications that this is not the impact factor. This is not a substitute for the impact factor, cannot be directly compared to the impact factor, um, and indeed is not, in, in, uh, as the, the analysis has shown, is not actually even statistically correlated with the impact factor. <laughs> the last point on here is, is probably the most important point. How do we ensure that uh, the system cannot be, or at least if it is gamed, we can detect it? Of course, it would be nice to think that in the entire industry, all authors, all publishers, all editors uh, would not try to game the system. But of course, they will do. Everybody knows that uh, at some point, people will try to uh, increase, artificially increase their usage. And I think this is where the uh, robustness of the counter statistics comes in. Uh, because you can imagine an individual author, perhaps, will get all their friends to, to press for one article to get one article downloaded. Well, the median will take care of that if somebody manages to get one article very highly um, used for, um, uh, in some artificial way that will be taken care of in the calculation of the original usage factor. So the area where it's going to be the most difficult to pick up is any kind of a systematic robot type of uh, usage. And this is exactly what counter filters out of the numbers. And therefore, it's really only counter um, uh, statistics will be able to be used in the usage factor because then we can be absolutely sure that they are reliable uh, and can be trusted uh, and as well can be audited because an, an important part of the usage factor is that we will be auditing publishers who claim to have usage factors so that we can be um, sure that those are robust and reliable. One of the things that we're interested in doing through the next phase of the project is get to get people involved with us in uh, trying to think up different gaming scenarios. So if you have any uh, bright academics out there who would like to try and see if they can break our system, we would really like to hear from them. Uh, we've had a go at thinking up some of the obvious scenarios, but I'm not sure we're devious enough yet to have come up with everything that people could think of. So if you have anybody who would like to, to work with us, we'd be very uh, keen to hear from you. Um, and as we go through the process, we do think that it would be interesting to look at different ways of uh, calculating and, and uh, reviewing usage factors as we go forward. But to start with, we want to make it simple. Um, it's already going to be complicated enough that you will have a usage factor for a title, for different types of content within a title, and we want to start by something uh, that is fairly straightforward that we can, we can all use and learn to trust. 
We need to do some work on the infrastructure, and again, this is part of stage three of the project. Um, stage three has a number of different elements. We want to actually calculate some impact factors, uh, sorry, some usage factors. This is going to be um, a, a, an easy slip as we go forward. We need, to, uh, we need to work with publishers and with publishing vendors to understand how we can extract the data. It's not as simple a, a task as you would think because uh, journals are found on a number of different areas and in an ideal world we want a usage factor to collate um, the usage from, for example, an aggregator site as well as a primary journal site and ideally from PubMed Central as well. Um, if that's going to be possible, it'll be interesting to see how we can collate those numbers and whether we can make that meaningful. Um, so the actual extraction and collation of the data is going to be uh, initially manual, but if we're going to make this robust going forward, we're going to have to be able to, to, to in some way, automate this system. We need to work on agreed uh, nomenclature for how we dice and slice different content types. In every discipline, different discipline, different content types have different names. Um, and whether something's called news, uh, news review, book reviews, any kind of different types of content there are out there, we need to create some kind of standards. And I'm sure there will need to be some way of, of being able to talk with publishers and with editors about how we do that. Um, I realize, I'm sorry, I've gone over time, so I will whiz through the rest of this in uh, a little more speed. Um, Stage three, the draft code of practice is now on the counter website, along with and a quick plug for the counter uh, for um, uh, code of practice, which will be up on the website next week. Uh, we will be going through the testing and the uh, calculation over the next um, uh, probably 12 months period to see how we can uh, create these usage factors, how we can use a taxonomy uh, to to compare usage factors across different disciplines. Um, the, uh, as I mentioned, the draft code of practice containing all the elements that you would normally expect to see in a good counter draft code of practice um, are up on the website. Um, and we have an organization, I think that's rather small there, but as you can, uh, hopefully you can see or you'll be able to see in the the slides later on the, the website, uh, we have a wide range of different people from librarians, um, publishers, um, represented on our advisory board. Um, my co-chair, Hazel Woodward, is also here at the conference, um, along with Peter Shepard, who's been working very closely with us, um, who can answer any of your questions. So a last thank you to our sponsor, of course, the most important sponsor, UKSG, along with RIN. Um, so thank you very much. Um, we can take a couple of very quick questions, if there are any. Would you like to put your hand up if, if you have a question? That's okay. You can. Any questions? Oh, over there, Colin. Colin, if you go to number four, you, there's a microphone there already. Is this working? Yes. It's working. It's Colin Meddings, OUP. Um, I applaud um, anything to get extra metrics into uh, judging value of articles and journals, but my question is really around 
in developing a, an, another metric that looks at the journal as a whole entity, I'll be perhaps um, forgetting that maybe journals publishers actually moving into an article-based economy and environment um, where people are really looking to value the, get values around individual articles rather than whole journals. I, th I think the first step in the analysis is to try and break it down into research articles, review articles, etc. Um, I think that's the first step. Um, I can imagine that as we go forward with this and we get more confidence with the numbers that we could break it down into an individual article uh, usage factor as well. But I think that's at the moment that's a step too far. Uh, but I can imagine that coming in the future. Any other? One last quick question. One over there. Sorry. All right. The gentleman over, over there. Uh, thank you for a nice talk. I'm Kenji Kato from Japan. I'm director of University Library. And I'm not, I'm scientist and I'm not very familiar to this field. But, and I do think usage factor will enlighten another aspect of academic activity in future. So my question is, if you have some idea how to develop usage factor, uh, in the world, uh, under the condition where so impact factor prevails in academic community. You have some idea so, how to develop. So a usage factor for yeah, an sure. individual, sure. for an individual researcher. Uh, is, was that your question? Yeah. Uh, so if you have some idea to develop to the world. Um, I, I think we would be very interested in talking with you about how you imagine that might work. Uh, I, I think we can all see there are opportunities for expanding uh, usage factor in different areas um, and, and, and uh, creating a usage factor for an individual could be a very interesting project. At this stage, uh, we're, we're taking our, our, ourselves step at a time. We want to get the usage factor into the market, robust, reliable, and trusted. And then I think once we get comfortable with the data and analyzing the data, it will be very interesting to see how we can dice it and slice it in different ways. Um, so do please talk to us afterwards. Thank you.